Hello, beautiful people. I'm waiting for Jasmine Nicole to hop on live with me. Trying to see where she's at. Peace and love. Thanks for the hearts. Ooh. Send me a request, Jasmine. We are back with more sex talk. Woo! Hey, hey, hey. Getting on here with my sis. I'm so excited. Peace. Hey. I'm trying to see what filter I want. Right. <laughs> I was like setting mine up um, beforehand. Wondering which one is. I don't like this one. I look alive. Okay, let me go back to my first one. I like this one. All right. Hello. Hey, girl. Hey. How are you? Good. I've been, I'm finally moved in to Coconut Creek. And is it live? It's. I can hear your voice a little bit because I guess some of the noise is like fragmenting your voice, but it's not like hard to hear you. I guess when some of the noise comes in, it might be a little hard like that. Okay. I'm like in the only place that I kind of have privacy to talk. But I can hear you though. Okay. As long as you can hear me. But um, yeah, I'm in Coconut Creek. It's day two. So I might, I might document this new life in Broward. <laughs> you should because we know it's the struggle. Yeah, man. Um, I'm officially like, I mean, I'll always be a New Yorker, but I've been a Dade girl for like six years. So being a Broward girl, I'm not really into. <laughs> it's another life. It's another life. Like Broward is different. First of all, everyone here like got money. I was like, oh, okay, this is different. But the streets are wider. Everything is bigger. Just like, it's really nice. But um, I want that fast of Miami and that New York life that Miami provides, but you know, it is what it is. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's a little slower. It's more retiree vibes, but I feel like it's good, especially yeah. for like a short time. But yes, so welcome to the talk. I am very happy to present wonderful, beautiful Jasmine Nicole to discuss a few things about sex. Um, I've been trying to just run different conversations with different individuals that I think embody sensuality, sexuality in their lifestyle, in their brand, and in their art. And I think that I um, have been honing in on these conversations just to give you guys a little highlight of a lot of gems that these conversations hold that I have with these people and these women and these artists all the time that a lot of people are not hearing, number one. And number two, to showcase my event at the end of the month, on May 26th, that is going to include a premiere of my film and also more conversations surrounding sex with a guest speaker. So the first question that I want to ask Jasmine Nicole is what is your relationship to sex? Okay, so my relationship to sex. I have been coming into my sexuality as a woman, I'd say now for the past seven years. Um, I was in high always just like turned off kind of just like such a prude that I didn't even want to talk about it you know but um I know deep down inside I, did. I just wasn't ready 
until, you know, I came into my 20s. And that's kind of when this like, you know, I was older, so I was able to accept it more and come to understand certain things more. And it wasn't until like I actually lost my virginity and that I actually started to understand and be more intrigued and wanting to understand like the different kinds of sex, how to own your sexuality, you know? And when I moved to Florida is when I like, (laughs) it was just like, I don't care. This is who I am. And meeting you doing the Goddess Collective, like layer by layer, you know, learning things were just popping up presenting itself I was learning more and also having health issues teach me to taught me to learn more internally about you know sex and not externally or through other people so my relationship with sex now is just like I'm definitely sexually liberated I believe most and everyone should be sexually liberated talk about it you know try it if you're comfortable um yeah that's where I'm at right now Two things. What would you say is the biggest thing that was groundbreaking for you in your journey to sexual liberation, especially after you started having sex? And then what kind of things, if you're comfortable with sharing, uh, were groundbreaking in you navigating health issues with sex? Because I feel like that's a, that's a subject that a lot of people don't really talk about at all. Okay, so what the first, to answer your first question, um, I think talking about it. Uh, I was so turned off from talking about it because I was embarrassed or I was uncomfortable or, you know, being religious really turned me off from wanting to know about it because there was so much guilt in talking about it and feeling feelings, you know. Um, So talking about it definitely opened up the floor to trying different things, to being okay with trying different things and being around it and showing it off in my physical Um, Because I was so opposed to talking about it, I covered my body always. In high school, I was covered from, like, neck to wrist, you know? I would wear, like, you know, I would wear tight things, but I was super into fashion, so, like, I would, you know, try to make it fashionable. But for the most part, like, I never talked about it. I was just completely, like, what is sex? Sex is, I don't know, you know? Um, So I think the, the, the first step into gaining that awareness and being okay with sexuality is to have the conversation of what you think sex is to you and kind of breaking society's views as to what sex is. To answer your, sec- your second question, um, I had like cervical issues uh, when I was 24, 25. Um, I contracted an STI from someone that I was in a relationship or in a situationship with and I didn't um, I was monogamous to them and they were not to me and I didn't know that I had caught something and was out here living my best life in celibacy like because we had broken up and I was trying to get over that heartbreak so I wasn't out here like you know slinging it but I didn't know that I had caught something and it had been about two months and it started to affect my cervix and my uh-huh. uterus yeah and I didn't know so having to build first of all, that relationship with my uterus, because we were at odds. We were at odds since I got my period. Like, we were just, like, you know, (laughs) always on on site, like, you know. So I, after, like, having such bad periods and then after having this physical, you know, issue, I decided to make amends with 
my lady parts. And with doing that, I decided to educate myself as best as I could with the female reproductive, reproductive system, you know? Um, and with that also came celibacy. With that came toys. With that came abstinence. Like there was different stages that I did and used to heal myself and to gain a relationship with my femininity and my feminine parts. Um, so being sick, I think, is the second best thing for me after having the conversation first. Mm. I know, shocker, right? <laughs> oh, it's amazing. I feel like that's always how it always happens, you know, um, like that sought after knowledge. And there's so many things that trigger that. And for me, that sought after knowledge has just been just curiosity. You know, I've always been a very curious child. I've always been someone who wanted to know more about sex because it fascinated me. And I was always a very, salute. <laughs> salute. <laughs> I was always a very sexual child. And I think that, uh, salute, I think that you and I probably differ in that way because I was always the young person who was able to explore, even though I never had penetrative sex for a very long time. So I was comfortable with my expression and I feel like where I was since I grew up in Miami kind of fed into that. And I always talk about how like geography holds so much within culture that contributes to your sexual life. And I don't know if a lot of people really are like very cognizant about stuff like that. Um, but being in a place that's so showy and so expressive and shows skin and it's all about exposure and it's all about bikinis and it's all about sexiness, yeah, a lot of U.S. culture is like that at large, but particularly in Miami, it's known for the clubs and the parties and the coke and the get lit all the time. And I feel like that um, has such a strong hold on sexuality that when you are raised there, there is a certain level of comfort that you kind of grow into with time, like everyone does in maturity, but there is also an inherent understanding of comfort you're supposed to have almost. Um, I remember feeling very odd about even like expressing my own pleasure during sexual experiences, but I would put on a coochie cutter and some crop tops in a heartbeat. You know what I'm saying? So there was a matter of showing myself in a sexual way that uh, had to marry with me seeking that knowledge for sex that actually made it more, um, more real, more important and, um, and more, and more knowledgeable and intentional and intentional for me too, I would say. Um, That's funny that you say like the culture has a huge influence because like I was around a bunch of white people. Mm. So it, it was, and I was in a small town in Valley Stream, Long Island. So it, there wasn't a lot of exposure for me, you know? It wasn't until that I got into like high school that the rumors about girls started coming out, but still, it was still very hush hush. Like no one was wearing anything crazy. First of all, you're in New York, it's cold eight, eight months out of the year. So no one's wearing anything crazy. We're all in like sweatpants and Uggs and stuff like that. But it wasn't until I started getting older that like, 
you start seeing certain things. So it wasn't, I wasn't curious about it. You know, it was kind of just like, oh, well, I heard this thing and I don't really understand what that means. I'm, you know, and it wasn't until I stepped out into the world and went into New York City and went into Manhattan that it was just like, oh, wait, that's a thing? Like, what's going on, you know? So culture really does. I can only imagine if I would have grown up here in Miami, like what I would have been exposed to because there are things that I had never seen until I came down here. And that yeah. was at what, 24 years old. And I was just like, oh my God, I'm working at <laughs> South Beach. I'm just like, my innocence. I was just like, wait, I thought New York was crazy. Miami South Beach is insane. Mm-hmm. Definitely. <laughs> what would you say is the, uh, I don't know if you can think back on this, but what would you say was the first pivotal important thing that you learn about your sexuality in particular in your um, to liberation being okay telling someone what i don't like and what i do like i think a lot of people are intimidated um and don't want to have the conversation especially women because they don't they want men to like them or men are super egotistical when it comes to sex so they don't even want to hear what you have to say because they got it and they've had partners and they already know so a lot of women, because they're they're intimidated or for whatever reason, you know, they don't express what it is that they like and, and want. And I think when I started doing that, sex became a lot more fun for me. And it was less about trying to make the other person happy and come and make myself. Because if you don't know what you need or what you desire, or what you like, you can't rely on someone else to do that and do that for you, you know? So I think that was a huge pivotal point for me. And when I started taking control of my sexuality and all of that, you know, was just letting people know, letting my partners know, okay, I don't like this. So I'm gonna let you have the conversation beforehand. Don't do this. This is not it for me. Or don't just dive right in because I'm an oven and I need to be warmed up and preheated. So like, I don't know what you thought was gonna happen, but no, you know, and I think that having that conversation definitely changed the game for me. Mm. Yeah, that is so important. I feel like um, there's so many things in there. Like for me, I also graduated into having more of a voice for myself. And a lot of it was just me feeling like I had to be a certain way sexually in order to be a liberated and be comfortable. Like, I thought that there was this wild woman that I needed to have under control in order to even have a voice to say the small things that I wanted with sex. And over time, I'm realizing that you don't need any of that. You don't need to be this prowess or or this idea in your mind about what it's supposed to look like in order for you to feel like you have any power. And I feel like when certain ideas in your mind are not fulfilled, especially when those ideas are exacerbated with imagery and pornography or imagery and what these guys are talking about or imagery and what people are expressing that are not real. Most of them are just fantasies. Most of them don't even know what these things are or haven't had these experiences, but they're talking big game like they know exactly what it is. It's very hard for you to feel much less insecure about the things that you should feel very comfortable about or the things that you should have enough of a voice to say. 
Um, even if you're not having penetrative sex, you shouldn't feel weird about telling someone that you don't want to do that. I remember um, talking to this one guy when I first met him, I was 20 years old and I wasn't having penetrative sex yet. And I was telling everybody around that time that I wasn't having sex, but for some reason, I had this feeling that he was really into the fact that he would be having sex with me or probably wanted to have sex with me. And so it just made me feel completely uncomfortable. Just because I knew he had this strong sexual energy, I was uncomfortable. And I feel like that's the story for a lot of women. Like we feel like these men might have a smidge of confidence and a smidge of experience and all of a sudden we become meek and quiet in our own truths and we need to be speaking out besides that we need to be saying what we want and who we want to do it with besides that um just because someone has years on us whether that is one year or 18 years doesn't mean that we have lost our voice for what we want um one thing that i am going to do um on my event, which is going to be a virtual event. So anybody can join on May 26. It's going to be a Thursday afternoon. Um, is I'm going to give a lot of different resources to different shows that I've watched before, different tests, sexuality tests, BDSM tests, different things that you can take to find out more information about your sexuality and to also have more insight into understanding what boundary tests you can take and how you can practice those things with a friend of yours or a close person in your life where you can practice having a voice because that's one thing that we don't usually practice is like we want to get better at sex we want to do things where we feel more sexually liberated but what are those practices and what do they actually look like people don't have any insight when it comes to that. It's all about these big words and nothing about the strategic actions to get to those points. Yeah, I think that um, one thing, if, I'm, if I can give any advice to anybody about having better sex, turn off the porn. That's the first thing. <laughs> turn it off. I, like, before I started having sex, I would watch it because, like, that's the only access you have to visualizing what sex is supposed to look like. And then afterwards, when I finally did have sex, and I realized that it was nothing that I was watching. And I was just like, I was confused. You know, I was like, wait, what's going on? And then I disciplined myself to actually turn it off because I wasn't enjoying myself like I wanted to be because I had these expectations like the girl, the women on there are having such an amazing grand time. And I'm like, what, what are they doing? Like, what are they doing? You know, and I just could not understand until I turned it off. And I realized that like, those expectations are diminishing my, my time. What I'm at, like what my, my per perception as to what I should be doing and how I should be feeling. And when I started using my own memories, when I started using my own imagination, started using just like not even just like learning myself and not watching through the other person's eyes or their their experience then I really started to enjoy myself you know I was able to have the conversation I was able to not care about what a man thought you know and I enjoyed having sex with men that didn't really watch porn mm, that's me too. like that's my favorite because they are more engaged less in performance because that's normally men that watch porn they're only engaged in performance and gratification 
and men that don't or watch it less are more engaged in pleasing and the experience. And I started realizing the two differences in myself and my partners. And yeah, it, anything like now, I turn it on every few months and it's literally just for sounds. You know, I'm not watching it. I don't really care to watch it. It's more for just like sounds to amplify the memories in my head because sometimes as time passes, the memories that you have start to darken. So when I use sensory things, it revitalizes those, those memories that I have or like if I'm thinking about like scenarios or whatever the case may be, my imagination's coming up with some stuff. The sounds sometimes help that. So um, that's the only thing I'll like listen to it for or put it on for um but if that if that could be any advice to anyone i would say turn it off yes <laughs> it's I not doing you any well unless I you're trying to learn you. something that's when i'm like okay because it could teach it depends on what you're watching you know like there's some things where i'm just like why is this even on the internet there are other things where i'm like oh, that's something I could try, you know, different positions, different mm -hmm. types of things. Like you can learn certain things, but when you're watching it just to get that gratification every night or multiple times a day or whatever the case may be, wind it back, wind it back. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, there's like three things in there. I hope I remember all three. So just piggybacking up what you just said, there is a level of understanding that you have to have in order to watch porn with a conscious eye. And that is when you can watch it and learn something and receive in something, receive the knowledge that you can then apply to other people that is applicable to other people and not just subjective to this one person with this one experience this one time. And it can be laid out over multiple people because it is coming from a space of intentional satisfaction. It's coming from a space of patience. It's coming from a space of passion. And I feel like you have to be integrated in your mind with the idea that comes so outside of pornography in order to use pornography as a tool in that way. Number two, the thing about porn is that it jumps, skips, hops, and then you're doing some good shit. And that's the issue. It's when you're watching it without that critical eye, you're watching it in a way where you are only consuming exactly what it shows you. And it's showing so little of what you are doing to get to the point that they are showing. And that's where all of the magic happens. On the last slide that I spoke to Kamisha Shade about, we spoke about outer course. And I was expressing how I just discovered this term and it blew my mind because it made so much sense to me. I'm like, yo, this is what I've been missing this whole time. Not that I haven't been doing things that were out of course, but I haven't conceptualized exactly what it was that I was doing to be more intentional about doing this shit all the time. So when I decided that it was something that I was going to integrate into my life, I started to think about, okay, well, how can that be integrated and what can I learn more about it that I can understand better, explain to people better, and also know how to marry it very well with intercourse. And I was explaining it to others as it being this one thing that you do that is very outside of the expectation of orgasm or intercourse, but it connects to the road and the journey to get you there, to get yeah, you like, that satisfaction. Like, I would say like warming up the oven. Right. And 
when people think about that, sometimes they stop and they only think about foreplay. Oh, no. And that's, that's, where, that's where it begins and ends for them. And that's what I want to expand, that knowledge that it's foreplay is in the umbrella of outer course, but outer course does not fit inside foreplay. Mm -hmm. And once we start to disregard the word foreplay, not to say that we're not doing it, but we start to expand our minds on doing everything on this side of the spectrum, and then lead to everything on the other side. Um, and that has been very groundbreaking for me because that is what porn really misses. That is what the key things that young 15-year-old boys are not getting and they don't have the critical eye to look at porn and understand that that's not there because well, yeah. they haven't had those experiences. And so they don't get it, yeah. you know? And that's why um, know what intimacy is. They barely know what like any of that is. So if you don't know these adult things that you have to like, normally intimacy comes with like talking and time and kids don't understand what that is. We have no sense of time at 15 and, and those ages, you know, what is time? It's irrelevant to us, you know? So as an adult, like you start to learn those things. So when a kid is watching porn, they just see the action. And they're like, this is what it is. This is what I'm going to do. They don't know what outer course or intimacy or foreplay. They don't know what any of that stuff is. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And uh, I would say that in my divorcing of porn, which I haven't watched porn, I mean, I don't know, definitely going on 10 years. Between, between like six and eight years, I would say. Um, that's what I would do. I would put it on as a soundtrack <laughs> to how I want it to feel because um, I'm a voyeur and I'm a sensual erotic and I know that just watching something is good for me, but it has to be authentic. So if it's not authentic, like porn cannot be, then I have to listen to something that sounds authentic. And that's the only way that I used to be able to masturbate and to do things um, that was still using sources outside of myself. But one thing that I hone into my film, which you know, because you've seen it, is how much of sex you, how much of sex you explore by honing into yourself, yourself and only yourself, yourself beginning with yourself, yourself starting and ending with yourself and then graduating to sharing yourself. And I feel like that concept is something that is so lost, especially in a society like we have, which is so hypersexual all the time. I mean, we thought it was hypersexual in the 2000s, okay? But Lord, oh, no, <laughs> So far beyond in 2022, I mean, just the imagery of women and the expression of what is sensual and sexual and attractive and pleasurable in and of itself is so particular and so hypersexual and hyper femme. Um, and that gives you a different idea to how you want to express yourself or even how you can even find your expression to show other people who you are in a sexual or sensual way. Yeah, completely. Mm -hmm. um, I think right now a huge issue is 
it being thrown in our faces in a very uh, inorganic way. I'm trying to find the right words to explain. Like, there's, I feel like our reality has become a porno. Like, they're not showing us anything other than the aha moment and boom, it's already there. You know, they went from this point to this point and like you said there was no in between or how did we get here it's kind of just like that's the reality we're living in right now mm. you don't see the outer course or the intimacy or the foreplay anymore there's no sex appeal it's just like boom in your face here it is and it's just like okay <laughs> that's why 2022 is just like okay we thought 1992 was bad mm -hmm. you know, we thought 2000 was bad 2022 is just like how did we get here i don't understand you know, I miss the times of just like, again, preheating the oven, us, you know, walking into a room and just someone's entire being and presence is their sexual, you know, their sex, sex appeal. Um, I just feel like, again, it's just in your face. I was, mm -hmm. I think I saw it on the internet, somebody had a, a poll and they were like, um, do you get approached anymore or how do you find your partners? Is it in person or is it online? Like, how are you finding your partners? And I was just like, wow. Like I don't get approached in person nearly as much as online. Mm -hmm. And it's like, why? Because in person, I'm just playing Jasmine, you know, I'll be chilling out here on the internet. It's just like, you see photos and boom, all of a sudden they skip past everything. And it's just like, boom, we in the DMs doing this. And you're just like, wait, hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up. <laughs> If this was face to face, it wouldn't have been like this, <laughs> you know? And it's kind of like, I want to I wanna reel it back. I want to mm -hmm. go back to the times where we're just like getting to know each other. We're, we're intimate, we're, we're foreplaying, we're outer coursing, like we're doing all of this slowly before we just climax, you know? Yes. Very, it's very weird times we're living in. <laughs> yeah, I think so many of us collectively are looking for the climax and a lot of it is the, the instant gratification it's the instant gratification and the lack of direction as to even how to get there like you said we're living in a porno which is a perfect analogy i'm like oof back at home um we are all looking for okay well when's the part where she's screaming at the top of her lungs and he is going crazy as hell <laughs> from the back like <laughs> that's what we're looking for like there's there's no literally no in between no before and no one gives a fuck about what comes after they just care about the hot spot the hot topic the climax uh, the cool. fun that's it yep. like show me that show me just show me that. Don't even show me how to get there because that looks more fun than how to get there. I'm not even interested in how they got there because it looks damn good how to get there. Let's just get into that. And maybe we can figure it out. Like, that's not how you do it. It takes so much more. Um, I think that it takes people who are very conscious and very liberated and a lot of the sex educators and the sensuality workers to really move the culture in a way where we are bringing it back to basics and we are having people to slow down and we are just giving our two cents about 
what things work well um and yeah you are attracted to me but i'm gonna tell you why you're attracted to me you're not attracted to me because i learned the ram bam thank you man from porn you're attracted to me because i had a journey to get here and i exude my sensuality because of the work i've done for myself so how does sensuality and sexuality integrate into your brand and how do you use those two things in order to express your artistry um well to start off with if you were to see my physical art you would know that it is very sexual and very sensual and it always has been at least for the past eight or nine years and that was a lot for me to get to because i was such a prude i had all this sexual tension inside of me that i did not know how to release and i was into fashion design since i was eight years old so i've been drawing clothes my entire life into I stopped around 21, 22. And that's when my art, you see no clothing on them anymore. Mm. I really stopped drawing all forms of clothing. And it was because at 19, I decided I no longer wanted to wear bras. And that was my first step into being sexually liberated. Wow. It was something that my mom could not understand. It was something that I was super hesitant about. I was like, oh my God, I'm doing this. Like, what? First of all, I'm part of the Itty Bitty Titty Committee. There was nothing really there. Hold up. So I don't even understand why I was like so nervous. But this was like my first time, like, oh my God, here we are. We're doing something, you know? And I decided that, well, it was, my mom was just like, so you're not wearing a bra? And like nipples were a huge thing and like breasts being loose were a huge thing. And if you're familiar with my art, you know that that's how I, that's how I communicate, that's how I speak. So things that people were uncomfortable with were things that I wanted to make people comfortable with, eventually. So everybody wants to be loud right now. So it was like, oh, you're uncomfortable with that? Okay, I'm gonna put it in my art. So I completely took all the clothing off of my people in my art, and I wanted people to understand that nudity was something that we should all be comfortable with. I was uncomfortable with the fact that I was uncomfortable with nudity and I needed to make myself comfortable with it. So I decided to start drawing more nude people. And in order for me to draw nude people, I had to draw myself. So I started drawing myself nude first, which is art, you know? And that was my first step into owning and being okay with my sexuality and my sensuality. Then came modeling. I never wanted to model. I always told everybody, I'm behind the cameras, I'm a designer, I'm not in front of the cameras, blah, blah, blah. And I was working at All Saints and this guy was helping, like, I'm a photographer, but I'm an artistic photographer and I can make you float and I can do all these cool things. And um, he, was, he was gay, so I felt more comfortable with being in front of him as a model than I would of a cis man, you know? because I did not want to be hit on. I didn't want men being attracted to me, which was so weird. Like, I was super like, oh, you like me? No, don't like me, you know? So here's a gay man that was like, oh, I'm a photographer. You are amazing to be a model. Like, you, I would love to shoot you. And I was like, you know what? Let's try it, you know? So I came in with, like, my clothing and stuff like that, and it was a lot of fun. And from then on, I started, like, gradually shooting more and shooting more, and within that, I came became more comfortable with wearing certain things. I did not go nude or I did not like wear any bikinis until years into me modeling because I wasn't comfortable. And then obviously social media, the way that it turned, forced me to 
start taking more clothes off, <laughs> you know, but because now sexuality and nudity were okay with me, I start when I first moved down here, I started dating um, a guy who was pretty much a nudist in the house. And he taught me how to be okay with being nude. We walked around the house completely naked, windows open and everything. And that was the pivoting point of when I became okay with being naked. Mm -hmm. I wasn't always okay with it, showing my body, you know, but he made me feel like I should. He was like, I would walk by and, you know, his, his attraction was just like, it blew my mind, you know? So from then on, I was like, oh wait, I'm sexy. Like, <laughs> this is a thing, you know? And once those windows came, became open to me, then it was just like, oh, okay. Again, social media had a, had a, a huge part in it too. It was just like, if I need people to hear what I'm saying, then I may have to show a little bit more skin. And as unfortunate as that is, that is the reality we live in, you know, sex sells. And it also became a part of, I was okay with being sexually liberated and I had to be okay with being okay with that. You know, a lot of people are like, oh, you're just doing this for the gram. And it was like, no, I'm doing this because I finally am owning my sexy. I'm finally owning being a woman. I'm finally owning all of this. You know, it became less about Instagram and more about my expression and more about who I am as a woman and as a person. And then it was just like, okay, this is me. This mm -hmm. is me now. Like, who you knew me back in 2013, 12, 15, that person, she doesn't exist. This new person sees herself. She sees her sexy. She's owning it. And it became a part of Jasmine Nicole. You know, my art got more sexy, like... My poetry became more sexy. Everything just became more sexy. But I wouldn't even say it became more sexy. I would just say it became more honest. It mm. became more real. It was like I was living in my truth of owning what society did not want me to own. You know, they want you to hide. They want a lady in the streets with a freak in the bed. And it's like, no, I can be whatever I want at any time. I can walk out with a see-through shirt on in broad daylight on a Wednesday at a family function, okay? You know, be okay with it. You know, I got my nipple pierced when I was 19 and I was so scared to show my mom. I don't think she found out until like I was 21 or maybe like 22, 23. Yeah. I would put tape on it because I, didn't, I wasn't wearing bras. But I put yeah. tape on it. So I would walk around the house with tape on one nipple. And <laughs> one nipple was like, it's here. And she was like, is your nipple pierced? And I was like, yep. It's been like this for like four years, mommy. She's like, are you serious? Yep. <laughs> you know, that was me finally just being like, you know what? To hell with society's views on sexuality, sex appeal, a woman's body, a woman's form, a man, all of that. It was just like, do whatever the hell you want. You know? And that's my TED Talk. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for coming to my TED Talk. Yeah, there is something to say about the ownership of a female form by a woman because men for thousands of years have sculpted and painted and probed and charcoaled and oiled and fucking acrylic the fuck out of some titties and some vulva and some ass, okay? <laughs> but somehow, once the selfie started to be popular, oh, Oh, it's a problem now. <laughs> they going crazy on the internet. Now they got the cameras up to their face. They're making money off of what we were making money off of? No, oh, it's a problem. They finally see this. Because these oh. same men 
would love to hold a camera and take a picture of a naked girl in a bedroom, but there's a problem when she does it for herself. And there has always been a problem for women honing in on what they know is sexy, because like you said, what became more sexy just became more honest, just became more authentic, just became more me, just became more exposure to truth. And that's what is sexy. People don't understand that vulnerability is married with strength because of exposure and because of exposure of true self and authenticity. Like nothing about me would be really appealing if I was out here trying to fake the funk, trying to be somebody else. Like the only reason why it's appealing or I'm appealing or people are attracted to me in any appealing ways because I am first and foremost and always myself at all times. And everyone who knows me knows this. Everyone who knows me is like, you know what, Ayana, you are just you. And you, you don't try to be nobody else. You are just you at all times. And that is really what our work aims to do. When we uplift and empower and inspire, especially me, because Ayana the Model is a brand that uplifts, empowers, and inspires and focuses on freedom, expression, and the freedom of expression through the body. That's what I do. When that happens, I am only putting up a mirror to other people who are just like, yo, I see something in you and I don't know that I'm seeing it in me, but it feels really good. And I'm like, what you're seeing in yourself is where you are more true and what is more you. And you have been something that's a different version because the journey to where you are now or what you're waking up to is just now here in this space, in this time, in this journey, in this realm, in this world. And you haven't really been living much more of yourself back then, but you know, you can always push for more of you now and more of you will be sexy. More of you will be sensual. More of you, especially if you tap into the feminine, will be divine and will automatically come off as alluring and mystical and soothing and almost like, like you're stargazing in a way. It's just admirable. You can't look at it and not be attracted to it. And it's only because it's just more truth about who you are. That's it. Like I've always been attracted to authenticity and that's the one thing that I will never take away from anybody. And that's the one thing that really showcases like the best parts of anybody, you know, is that truth and that authenticity. And um, I think that a lot of people have a weird perception as to what they think is sexy. Mm. There is no definition. It's performative. They think sexy is what they want to perform as opposed to who their true self needs to actually showcase to be. Yeah, even more than even more than performative, I think that a lot of people think that it's what they see in social media. I think it's what they see in the porns. I think it's what they see in society. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they see it, but it's on a big ass screen with some bright ass lights. And they're just like, oh my God, look, the shiny, sparkly thing in the sky that everyone's looking at, that's what I need. Instead of if I become more of my true self and show that true self, I become the sparkly thing in the sky. I become the star. I shine from the inside out. I am the beauty that you see from the outside because I am pouring so much of myself from the inside. Like 
they have the wrong glitz and glam of what it's supposed to look like mixed up. Yeah, I think it's just you. I think it could be you in some boxers. I think it could be you in a box. I think it could be you in pretty much anything. You know, it it's your perception of what you feel good and how you feel liberated. It's your expression. You know, I don't think sex has a specific definition. I think it's your comfort. Like in a bedroom, you know, it could be anything you want it to be. And I think that that's a huge, again, the performance thing comes in. I think a lot of men, their version of sexy is completely different mm. <laughs> from a woman's version or thought of being sexy, you know? I would love to know how men feel sexy and if it's external mm. or internal. Um, I'm probably going to have to do more research on, on that. I'm going to ask a few of my guy friends what makes them feel sexy internally. Um, but it's, it's starting, again, with the conversation with self and then having the, the conversation externally. Um, I think, again, if you turn off the screens, if you turn off the phones, if, if you stop watching the pornos, then you will develop your own idea of what, of what sexy is. Mm -hmm. Um, I know we're closing on 15 minutes, but um, I also wanted to add in when you actually are engaged in sexual intercourse or performance or whatever the case may be, don't be afraid if it's not where you want it to be, to stop. Don't be afraid to stop it dead in its tracks and be like, this is not working out for me. You know, with, with my ex, like, there was a few times where in the middle of sex, I'm like, you know what, I'm not feeling it. You seem disconnected. I don't really feel connected, you know? Like there, I don't, this is not sexy to me. This doesn't feel good. Like, don't be afraid to stop things right in their track if it's not sexy to you. Mm -hmm. It's gonna turn you off, you know? You're not gonna be, you wanna be there. You're not gonna be, wanna be, wanna be engaged or involved. So um, I'd say first, like, figure out what sexy is to you before you allow society to show you what sexy is. You know, yeah, um, I think that okay. goes back to, yeah, it makes sense, and it goes back to having your voice and putting up those boundaries on what you even like to begin with. Because yeah. if you can speak about what you like and what you don't like off the bat, then you can speak about what things are comfortable and what things are uncomfortable in the midst of it all. Like, anytime you're practicing how to practice your voice and how to use your voice to express yourself and to just let your partner know or let whoever it is that you're engaging with know what things are going on with you, um, you're going to find that strength to speak up and speak out no matter what you're doing, no matter where you are in and outside of the bedroom, but particularly inside of the bedroom. Um, and I've done that before. <laughs> I've stopped someone mid stroke. Like, you know what? It's not, yo, you have to. It's not really doing it for me. We're going to have to uh, not you take five. We're going to have to just stop. Stop. Yeah, go. We're going to have to go home now. I don't care you know? who you are. If it's not working out for me, I'm not about to engage and go through because I've followed through and I've been through weird. I got stories. So <laughs> I've learned in the midst of if you're not liking what's going on you put the brakes on and you figure it out you can either leave you can either tell them exactly what you want or you could just stop yeah and most of the time too because i think that sometimes if you're having a partner um who's not privy to having you speak up or speak out about what things are happening um some a lot of times people are not really maliciously out here trying to hurt you sometimes people are 
But even in some of like the most unfortunate circumstances, people really not out here trying to get you. And people would really rather you tell them what's going on. <laughs> like hindsight 2020, most of the time you go back and you're like, yeah, I wasn't really wrong with that. You're like, why didn't you say anything? Like, <laughs> I, I, I mean, I'm not saying that everyone does, but I'm just saying that I know from experience that I would, that there is a level of assumption, let's say in heteronormative um, integration of sex or intercourse, for example, there is a heavy assumption on men just like being very hurtful. And I'm not saying that that's not very true, but I'm saying that sometimes, even if a man is not like out here trying to give me the best care and nurture, they're also not trying to hurt you and they wouldn't really want to intentionally hurt you. And a lot of times if you just had the the shedding of the insecurity to speak up, you can just express that to someone who really doesn't want to hurt you. Um, and maybe they are pushing their own agenda, but they will not push their own agenda above your boundary. But if you never say anything, then it makes it for a very uncomfortable and disruptive experience that can really turn into a traumatic experience if gone on unsaid and un, you know, untouched and unheard and unhealed. So I just want to say that too. Like sometimes we get so caught up in what we think people want or don't want or they won't like or they'll have an issue. People, a lot of times, hopefully if you're choosing these, the right people to do these things with, they're not really wanting to hurt you. Um, there are some people who are, but there are a lot more people who really are not. And so speaking up about what you want and what feels good and what things you can do for yourself does way more for everyone involved than it just does for you. So thinking in a selfish way or thinking that it comes off as a selfish way, it's just a really broken way to think about it as opposed to a liberated way for everyone involved to be. Yeah, and I mean, if you're with someone that's not wanting to hear you out or not stop or whatever, you don't need to be, you know, having sex with that person or engaging in any type of sexual relations with that person. Um, if you're trying to have a conversation, a sexual conversation with someone, explaining what you like, your dislikes, and they're like, no, 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 I already know what's up. I already know. You don't have sex. Like, what? If I'm trying to tell you what I like and you're trying to tell me what I like, then you're not ready to have sex with me. At all. I had conversations with, with men or partners that were just like too, they knew everything. Mm -hmm. like, or they'll emotionally manipulate you into doing something that they really want to do and whatever you put a boundary on it's your fault or they guilt trip you to do it if yeah. you feel guilty about something that you don't want to do in sex biggest red flag that's sexual co coercion and after repeated sexual coercion it goes into non-consensual shit and that's just rape so there's a lot of nuances and a lot of things we have to be cognizant about, especially when it comes to people who really are not respecting our bodies because there are a lot of people out here who are not. Um, and there's so many of us, and particularly women that I speak about, and like, yes, this is not for every single woman who exists on the planet Earth, but so many of us and so many of us who have these conversations off camera, so many of us who have these conversations who identify with our own experiences with one another because we can all attest to having these things happen to us that are unfavorable experiences to have. We can attest to that, and we definitely need to... Um, help each other find those voices and 
big up each other's confidence in order for us to stand on our on on our own two feet and our own experiences when we're engaging with those own people um to be able to speak up and say exactly what it is that we want and what we don't want because that's the most important thing um and during my event which you can find the tickets in my bio they are 22 22 um, I only have nine tickets left that are discounted. Everything else is going to be $44.44. So if you don't want to wait anymore, go to the link in my bio. Um, go to Sacred Screening and Sex Talk in order to buy tickets for my online event. This is going to be virtual so anybody can go there and grab tickets all over the country, all over the world. But one thing that I'm going to have at that event are resources because a lot of times we have these conversations, but the resources might be missing. And I want you guys to not only just leave feeling liberated, but leave and be able to share something about yourself, being able to grab language to dictate to someone else you're speaking to about what you like. What do you like? What do you don't like? What things are high on your list? What things are low on your list? What things you didn't even know was on your list? Like, those things are important um, to hone in on and to to integrate into something that you practice and you say and you live every day because a more sexual liberated person is a more liberated person in general. It's a more free person in general. It's such a pivotal point of how we live our most authentic lives. Ooh, I Jasmine is loading. Well, we do have a couple more minutes. Um, if anybody wants to, oh, she is. So we do have a couple, okay. <laughs> I was like, where, where did she go? Lost you for a bit. Um, yes, any last minute thoughts before we wrap anything up? I'm gonna give another announcement for the event, and yeah, anything else that you want to share? Um, takeaway, um, sexuality. takeaway points, points that we touched on was uh, one, have the conversation. Um, I'm 100% like 100% about again, that's the first step to being sexually liberated is to talk about it. Um, if you're curious want to learn if you want to whatever the case may be have the conversation two um would be internally be best friends with your 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 private and your internal organ uh sexual organs um know yourself from within and without um see what you like self um masturbate go online research do not learn from porn um do not learn from in the sense of allowing them to take control over your parts in order to tell you what feels good. You know, learn, learn yourself so that when you are with a partner, you know how to get yourself there or you can have the conversation as to how to get Three, again, turn off the porn. Um, you don't have to turn it off completely, but please at least turn it off in the sense of do not allow that that you're getting your information. Mm -hmm. And learning and having experience uh as the reality of well this bird the, re <laughs> the reality of sex versus porn they're not the same you know 
um, at least if you are going to watch porn, watch like the home films or something like that. Like stuff where people are actually like human beings are doing it. It's not on a set, you know. Um, or would be uh, if someone is not willing to hear you out, sex is not feeling good, or you're just not into it, stop. And it's okay to stop. It's okay to be like, you know what? I'm going to head out or we need to walk or whatever the case may be. Um, have that conversation. Um, yeah, Bird is walling right now. I don't know if it's his bedtime. Wrap me up. He's <laughs> like, you got to stop talking. Like it's 7.55, um, TikTok, sis. My curfew is 8 o'clock. <laughs> need you to wrap up. So, um, yeah, also, yeah, speaking of wrapping it up, figure out if you have a latency allergy, too. That's a huge thing. That's a really, really, really big thing that happened. Um, yeah, latex allergies are real. I, I became very sensitive to latex for a time, but it was like a couple years for me. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't know. I'm trying to figure out why certain things like be red or irritated or I would up or like certain things would happen. I didn't understand until I switched out the non-latex. And during that time, the non-latex were not that great. Cute. and they were very plastic but now 2022 skins that's all i'm saying it's where it's at so definitely figure out it will save your life definitely amplify the and yeah that's it <laughs> yeah and also in terms of like vaginal health. oh and lube 100 percent Lube is not just for people who are too dry. You really should be using it all the time and on all the toys all the time. Like, I am 100% a lube advocate. It will change your entire life. I don't care. Like, why are we not at Water Rapid Slip and Slide? Yo, even if you are a Water Rapid Slip and Slide. No, no, I'm saying. I'm saying with the lube. Oh, wow. 100% on top of 100% will be water rapid slip and slide. Like flavored, there's hot, there's cold. There's just, you got options. So if you've never tried, I'm telling you, it will change your life. And that's it. <laughs> I also want to be like, uh, I also want to be like, I also want to say, make sure that everyone gets tested, STD, STI tested. Um, I know that we didn't touch on that too much, but going back to what Jasmine shared in the very beginning of this video, um, you always want to know your status because you never know. And you being monogamous is not enough. Um, you being monogamous and being faithful is never enough because there's always someone else you have to do those things to unless you are abstinent and celibate, those things are not enough. And even if you are, um, I know we don't talk about it too much, but if you are sharing or using toys, you should be using condoms on your toys. It's okay to use condoms on your toys and use them on yourself. <laughs> so having these misconceptions of what you use condoms for, who you use condoms on, what you use lube for, what you use lube on, who you use lube with, you can use all those things with yourself, by yourself, and for yourself because that's only going to increase the health that you have with yourself and your sexual reproductive organ. Yes, and ladies, definitely look into um, herbal and hopeful ways of healing internally. Yes.
100%. All of the oils, all of the scenes, all the things. Yes. Mm -hmm. Well, thank you so much, my lovely Jasmine Nicole. Um, once again, I'm so glad we got to have this talk. I feel like you are one of my most sexually liberated friends. I'm always lucky and happy and excited to have these conversations with you. Um, I just... <laughs> hour like we would need like four hours of if you guys really want to get to the nitty-gritty with me we need like four at least four hours <laughs> that's what we need and i just want to remind everyone that sacred screening and sex talk is my online event coming up on may 26 tickets are now on sale you can go to my bio and get them there will be my movie screening which just got picked up by the con short film festival Yo, <laughs> and you have to see honestly like it blew my mind when I was just because Ayana showed me and I heard about it, but when I saw the film, it's something that I believe every child should watch. Whether you're male, female, binary, whatever term you want to use, I think that it allows young mind, middle aged mind, a whatever mind you have, okay with sex. Speaking of it, the conversation everything that pertains to it like your film I I'm a huge advocate you guys can go on her page get the link go watch it I don't know where you post it but if you guys can watch it the link and I'll post it in my story I'll send it to whoever wants to see it um watch it it's yes. really the next time I'll be premiering it is going to be for this event because I really want to have a collective viewing and I want you guys to get a chance to ask me personal questions and ask me direct questions as a director about everything pertaining to the film. It's entitled Sacred Energy Exchange, a personal story on polyandry, kink, and masturbation. It's all about how you go from exploring with other people to exploring with another person to exploring with yourself. It's about how you can learn to touch and feel and free and find and find all the satisfaction in your body before anyone else has a chance to misuse and abuse it. Please come to this event. It's one of the most liberating things. You're going to come in with all these questions. Come in wondering why you feel certain ways or why you're not as sexually liberated or why you don't feel comfortable nude modeling yet or something that has to do with your body. And you're going to leave understanding so much more about yourself and being so much more committed to learning more about yourself. And that is the value that this is giving you. It literally will change your life. I've had people write reviews on how it has changed their lives. So come change your life. Don't sleep on yourself. Okay. Do yourself a service and come to this event on May 26th. Anybody can come. It's going to be online virtual event. Um, that is all I have to say for now until the next sex talk, which I'll be having with Nat Lops. And I'm excited. We're going to set it up sometime next week. Don't have a date yet, but we'll be posting the flyer in my story. Joining that. I love my lady friends. And my The divine friends in general. The family is lit. Yes. But all right. I love you, boo. I'll talk to you later. <laughs> Peace.